Welcome, welcome everyone to the Rhythminian Chronicles. Today we will be having the first ever chapter where you will finally meet us, the kings and queens of Arudaman. You will worry about what happened to us, and you should, because if you are hearing this podcast, you are meant to be in Arudaman at some point of your life, and these creatures you will hear about will try to get you before you make it there. So, we wish you the best of luck, and I will personally try to help you through everything to make sure your trip there is as smooth as possible. So, without any further ado, let's get started. 1. The Gash Between the Worlds The shadows may rise or may perish by a friend or foe or someone they cherish. Second stanza in the Rulers of All Prophecy of the Return Layla Rogib hated waking up and going to uni. What Layla hated even more was waking up late for uni. She was sure as hell that she had set her alarm last night, but here she was, lying in bed, staring at the ceiling with her phone in hand indicated that it was 7.15am. Leia sighed, being late like that meant she wouldn't have time to make herself a cup of coffee. It also meant she had to drive to uni, and Leia loathed driving. It took Leila 15 minutes to get ready, and when she found out that she actually took 30 minutes to get ready, Leila finally broke and cursed out loud. Why would she need 30 minutes to get ready to go to uni? Layla texted her best friends, Yasser and Nadim, hoping that the bus miraculously would be late and she could catch it. Yasser and Nadim didn't reply to her messages, which meant that they were either sleeping at their houses or sleeping on the bus. Layla walked past her late dad's picture as she made it to the door and smiled. Bye daddy. She opened the door and behind her the window flung open with a sudden gust of wind that almost broke the glass. Layla was startled, letting go of the door and it was shut with a huge bang. Layla screamed, jumping back a step. She rushed to the window and closed it, but the damage had already been done as her brother, her mother and her cat all made their way to the living room to see what's happening. Layla explained everything, but they, but they just brushed her off with an angry scowl and went back to their peaceful sleep. I'm leaving, she announced and opened the door again. Her brother replied, don't come back if you are going to make noise like this again. Walking from the parking lot to the B-building, Layla couldn't help but to admire the green area, the huge garden in the middle of the German University in Cairo's campus, and Layla always found Joe sitting there. The B-building, unlike the rest of the buildings, C and D, was located near the green area and had a glassy front that reflected the sky. Layla sometimes predicted how the day would go from looking at the reflected clouds. That day, the clouds gave a hue of red as if they were on fire, and Layla thought that it wasn't a very good sign. Pushing the door, Layla walked in the B-Building's heart, the B1. The B1 was a two-lounge floor for students to wait for the lectures and tutorials, to study, to cry over their unsubmitted assignments, have breakdowns, have breakups, finish projects, cry over set projects, or just hang out. Layla looked around, spotted her friends, and walked to them. Finding a table with seats in the B1 was a miracle. But since it was 8.10 in the morning, it was a little bit easier since most of the same students were already on their way to the, to the tutorials since all tutorials started at 8.15. On both sides of the lounge, there were bars that offered either hot drinks or snacks, and Leila contemplated which one she should rate first. Leila put her bag on and sat down. Till now, only four of her friends were present. Slept in? Nur asked. Nur and Leila go way back on One Direction with the thing back in 2014. They met on a Facebook group and became friends since then. Their first official meeting was in uni, however. 
Noor was still as short as I remembered, with hijab that always matched her clothing. Noor, as usual, held her Starbucks thermocup that was probably filled with Teoli. Noor sat with her legs folded beneath her, sipping her tea and sleepily reading something off her phone. If anyone saw Noor without any context to her personality, they'd say she is a very careless person. Little would they know that Noor was the top-ranking student in their major. Yeah, Layla said and buried her face in her hands and remembered she is wearing her glasses. She sighed. Her lenses were now streaked with fingerprints. She took her glasses off and for a moment she could glance something from the corner of her eyes. Something orange, something blazing and she could have sworn she felt heat coming from that thing. She turned to look at it but was met by Yuda's extended hand. Diglets, it's alcohol to clear the lenses. A trick of the light maybe? But how the heat? Run away! Layla heard a whisper. Layla turned to Yuto and stuck her tongue out. Ha ha, so very funny Yuto. But Yuto looked so confused. She just took the alcohol. Yuto was a basic anime fan. Anime pins everywhere on his back strap, anime characters on his t-shirt, wallpapers, comic books, everything was anime. But during the last year, Yuto returned to reading thanks to Zaina and herself. And now it transformed to anime and bookish addiction. Which was a healthy one, Layla supposed. Wait. Where did you get alcohol? Layla raised her brow, earning the same raised brow from uh, from Yuto. What? I have it all the time. It's a spray. Here, look. Yuto raised it and was about to spray it on Mariam, who squealed and moved out of his way. Dude, stop it! She said with a laugh. Mariam was Layla's first friend in uni, and Layla always felt that Mariam claimed Layla rather than becoming friends, and Layla was okay with that. Mariam was kind and friendly, unlike Yuto, who was shy and defensive when they first met. My glasses do not need cleaning, Mariam said when Yuto tried to spray it on her face again. Gina's in another world, Layla thought, looking at Georgina. She sat next to Mariam, her headphones in her ears, her curly brown covering them. As she studied, Layla, with a jolt, remembered that they, Layla, Mariam, Gina, Nadim, and Noor, had a quiz today. Layla looked in her bag and didn't find her notes. Could this day get any worse? Gina got up and sat next to Layla, her cross dangling from her neck. Layla was always amazed by Gina's pointed chin and small mouth, but she never commented. You can study with me, Gina said, handling Layla the notebook. I see, said a voice that Layla recognized as Muhammad, that you guys can't stop being nerds. Muhammad always wondered why someone would choose to study at 8.10 in the morning while they can study 5 minutes before the quiz and still manage to get the full grade. But here he was, standing in front of his friends with their nose buried in the notes they probably knew by heart. Relax guys, Muhammad sat down and took a sip of the cup of green tea he had in his hand. Stress will ruin your skin. I cannot not stress, Hiro said as he looked at his phone again, probably writing from his notes. That explains it, Muhammad said, and Yuto stuck his tongue out at his direction. What you doing? Yasser, Muhammad's best friend, sat from behind him. Yasser was by mode the tallest in the group. He was approximately 187 cm, with broad shoulders and muscular arms, opposite to Muhammad who was chubby and curvy. And no, he didn't care about how he looked, he was going on a keto diet for himself. Yuto immediately jerked up, as if finally remembering what Muhammad wanted him to remember and stared at Muhammad. How was it? How was what? Muhammad replied, looking at his nails. 
He and Yasser were having a bet on how long it would take you to remember that enemy he recommended. Muhammad opened his hand and Yasser gave him 20 pounds with a creel grower. The enemy I told you about, full metal alchemist, Yuth explained. Muhammad wondered if there was an enemy button on Yuth that he would turn off at some point. It was good actually, I liked the intro song, if I may say. You certainly may, I have it on my phone. Muhammad turned to Yasser, where is Nadim? In the tree room, sleeping, he stayed up all night playing smite. Ah. Muhammad Nodan looked at his watch and groaned. He'd say 12. But Yusuf and Zena, Mariam asked, looking around. They aren't here yet. They are in a separate tutorial anyway. They will be utterly fine. There were two ways to get to the third floor, where the tutorials for business informatics were held. Use the elevator or use the stairs. A wise man, in everyone's opinion, would say, Take the elevator! But in Muhammad's opinion, a wise man would say, Take the stairs. It's too much of a hassle to use the elevator. Too many people, too many stops, and too many useless and weird hushed conversations between people that Muhammad thought was better if avoided. Yasser and Yuto joined him on the stairs. Yuto was playing the first intro to Full Metal Alchemist that he said was called Again. I'ma play again again. You get it? Yuto grinned. Yasser actually laughed at this. Muhammad smiled for the effort. Yeah, we get it. Muhammad, Yasser and Yuto were in tutorial 7. Nadim, Maryam, Layla, Noor and Gina in tutorial 8. Yusuf and Zayla in tutorial 12. Loot tutorials were Muhammad's favorite. He can serve 9gag, Yasser can happily read the threads, and you to search Pinterest and watch food pictures. Everything is peaceful for an hour and a half. Until Muhammad got a message on WhatsApp. It was a message on their private group from a number they did not know. Muhammad opened the group chat and found a message sent from a number that wasn't visible and next to the empty space with the name Lucille. Lucille, hello. Layla, what the fuck? Noor, who are you? Yuto, what? Yuto suddenly dropped his phone and turned to Yasser and Muhammad, trying to show them something on his phone. But Muhammad didn't understand Yuto's lips. That Lucille had probably triggered the panicking episode. Muhammad closed his eyes and sorted the questions in his head. Question 1. How did Lucille enter the group chat? Answer 1. Yusuf or Layla the admins or they sent an invitation to the group chat to someone. No, they wouldn't do that. They must have accidentally added him. But Layla clearly didn't know him, so it must have been Yusuf. Muhammad opened his chat with Yusuf and typed his message. He was about to send it when a notification popped. An SMS. He won't be able to remove me. Muhammad dropped his phone and with a look at Yuto he realized why Yuto had dropped it. Yuto points at his phone again and Muhammad understood what he was trying to say even through SMS. For the rest of the tutorial, they tried to call or video call Lucille on WhatsApp. Lucille did not answer. When the tutorial was done, Muhammad, Yasser and Yutu rushed to their friends in the room opposite of theirs. Nadim was looking at his phone, Noor was anxiously trying to call someone, Gina sat in the corner of the room, her WhatsApp opened as she was texting someone else. Layla and Maryam were not in the room. Where are the rest, Yuta asked as he looked around. We don't know, Nadim said. He was worried, which caused sweat to good. Tickle down from his thin, long black hair and on his chocolate-colored skin. Nadim was bad when he was worried. He isn't answering his phone. Leila and Maryam came back. Their faces were red. We need to wash our faces. This is so confusing. Hamad said. Would we please call, calm down? Gina, what are you doing? Texting Zena. Good. Noor? Calling Zena. Okay, you to you. What are you doing? Hey, Tamim. 
Yuta was saying on his phone. Everyone hushed and they all focused so much on Yuta that he was so stressed he had to give him his back. Ah, yes, look, did you see Yusuf and Zena today? Everyone was silent for a moment, then Yuta turned his eyes wide. Oh, they left early. Didn't they say where they were going? No. Another moment you said, Okay, thank you, see ya. Yuta hanged up and turned to them. They left earlier than the others. You don't think. Hamad's phones vibrated, and so did all of their phones. It was a voice, it was a voice message sent on their WhatsApp group from Luciel. Hamad played it, putting his phone in the middle, on max volume. Um, hello? Berbran, a creature from the land of fire and once the guardian of the queen, is on his way to set you all in himself. You get it? A creature of fire setting you all in himself. <laughs> Anyways, please head to the elevator now. Yusuf and Zena are thankfully alive for now, but I'm not sure you guys will be if you didn't run. They will be entering the room in 3, 2, 1. The door shrunk open. Yusuf, his right arm wrapped around Dana, his left having a damned hole in his shoulder, panted. His face was ashen and blooded. He breathed. You have no idea what the building exploded. If they had told Yusuf that he was going to die that day, he would have just stayed in bed. But Yusuf's day started with him waking up earlier than usual, working out, showering, having breakfast, and getting a cup of coffee with him to uni. He arrived exactly on the time trail and even met Zena on the way up on to the other side of the building to go to their tutorials. Even though Biz Informatics trails was on the third floor on that day, Yusuf and Zena's was on the second floor. When the messages were sent from this Luciel, Yusuf felt his world tilting. He wasn't the kind to be shaken by simple things, no. But then this happened. It reminded him of the day back in summer camp when he was 10. The day he lost everything. It was the same feeling that something was utterly and fundamentally wrong in the world. Something inside of him roiled against what's happening. He heard a small voice inside his head he did not associate with himself saying, Your life is about to be turned upside down dude, take care. Yusuf looked at Zena, who was staring at her phone. Her bonnet had small pearls that reflected the light on his eyes and made him squint. What the hell are those things made of? He asked inwardly. Zena, he whispered, we need to get to the others. Yeah, but how? We just get up and leave. Gracefully as he can and despite his shaking hand, Yusuf took his bag and walked to the door with Zena following him. I am sure it's nothing, Yusuf told Zena. They just... Calm, and we'll see them in a second. I'm calm, Zena fixed her bonnet. I'm sure it's just a trick, or a virus, or maybe an older student is pulling a very lame trick on us, but... But WhatsApp is supposed to be end-to-end -end encrypted, Yusuf. This is an issue. Yeah. Yusuf put the elevator button and waited. It was hot and Yusuf's skin was the natural enemy of hot weather. Even though he lived in Saudi Arabia most of his life, Yusuf couldn't handle scorching hot weather here. And he hated it less scorching weather in Egypt. Where the hell is it? Yusuf clicked the button again. Anger was getting the better of him. Seeing the elevator not coming anytime soon, Yusuf turned and walked to the stairs. And his eyes widened. There was a thing, taller than Yusuf, standing at the foot of the stairs. The thing was nude. Its body looked like a robot, smooth and gleaming. 
Instead of eyes, the thing had two empty sockets and no mouth. Its head was angular and its limbs were humanoid, but the thing wasn't made of metal. He, it, you suppose, was made of something transparent and radiated coldness that even despite the distance, Yusuf felt it. Suddenly, he didn't hit the hot weather. Ice? Yusuf thought out loud. Next to him, Tina gasped. Yusuf, we need to go. She grabbed Yusuf's wrist and ran to the other side of the building. They were shorter than Yusuf, so he had the feeling that he might accidentally step on her. You saw that, too, right? You saw that thing? Yes, she said. She stopped to take her breath, but Yusuf grabbed her and continued running. Dana panned and breathed out. I have a project submission tomorrow, and besides, Yusuf! Dana's eyes widened, and Yusuf turned to find her looking at the thing that now stood behind them at the end of the hall. But it was different now. Its chest was wide open. Its ribcage was like shards of ice spilling out of all. In the middle was the red pounding thing that Yusuf supposed was its heart. A guy passed the thing and just shivered and continued walking, as if the icy man didn't exist. What the actual fuck? The thing started moving. Wherever it stepped, ice would form. It reminded you of the ice titan in the cartoon version of Hercules. The thing opened its hand and an icy sword took shape in it. It was a thin sword with a hilt that seems connected to the thing's hand. For a few moments, they just stood there staring at each other before the thing broke into a sprint. Yusuf and Zena turned, running toward the stairs and up, went up. Yusuf fell the fall before realizing that he found the stairs. He hit the steps with his head and felt something cold gripping his leg. The thing had got him. Yusuf turned and groaned against the pain of the coldness and he felt the terror he had never felt before. Here he was on the stage with the thing made of ice holding a sword about to kill him. What on earth was happening here? This bad dream and Yusuf will eventually wake up? This started very perfectly to be a normal day. The thing stabbed with his sword but Yusuf wrapped his hand around the blade trying to stop it. It was cold. So very cold that Yusuf felt his hand burn from the coldness. Yusuf saw blood trickling down from the blade, but he held firm, clinging to dear life. Yusuf's heart was racing, his hands getting weaker as the sword went down, piercing Yusuf's shoulder. Yusuf roared at the pain made him see stars. He felt his body burning up, his heart beating harder, enough that he could have sworn it was about to explode. The thing shoved the sword out of Yusuf's shoulder and Yusuf screamed. He felt the blood he was losing, and he hoped that Zena would have already run away. The thing raised his hand again, its ribcage opened, revealing the red beating object. Without a moment of hesitation, Yusuf kicked with his free leg against it, and the moment Yusuf's leg touched it, it shattered. The thing took a step back and crumpled down into a rubble of icy flakes. Yusuf managed to get up, putting his hand on his wound. He was losing blood and his vision already started fading at the edges. He felt someone wrapping his hand around Yusuf's waist, and his field hand automatically round around their neck. Let's go, quickly. What the hell is happening? I don't know, Yusuf said. Hell, he was already blacking out, but he managed to stay up. Now, Yusuf stood at the front door of the tree room, staring at all his friends in bewilderment and relieved that they didn't need the thing. You will not believe what just... Yusuf's sentence was muffled by the sudden explosions and sirens. Yusuf groaned, 
looked out of the window that was next to him and gasped. The floor under them had fire coming out of its window. He turned and looked at his friends and said, We need to go. Now. The ten friends ran to the stairs, but the stairs were on fire. Yusuf thought they didn't make any sense. But then again, his brain was clouded, and he knew that at any moment he would become a liability. The stairs were ceramic. They wouldn't be on fire unless there was gasoline on them. But who would do that? But again, Yusuf was attacked by a thing made of ice mere minutes ago. Who was the judge of what made sense and what didn't? What is that? Yuzhin exclaimed, fixing her backpack on her back. There's something moving in the fire. A man, so much lightning, walked out of the fire. This one was wearing clothes, a white t-shirt, and a pair of red jeans, and of course his body was pure fire. His face had an outline of a mouth, eyes and nose. Well, well, the fireman said. I was not told that I was coming here to kill children. The fireman's voice was like a crackling bonfire before burning the tents down. Yusuf remembered the voice. He knew it pretty well. There was a bonfire and friends and tents. Yusuf was alone, poking a stick at the fire before the fire made a face. Yusuf screamed and... You must have had the wrong children. Surprisingly, it was Nadim who threw the water dispatcher at the fireman who fell back in the fire he came from, blending with it, and they all started running toward the elevator. They looked out of the window next to it to find that people were actually evacuating the building. Yusuf thought he heard the squeaking of metal and the glass window that spanned the whole wall next to the elevator was shattered from the inside out by a locker that was thrown at it. Yusuf didn't feel that he had bent until Yasser's hand was off his back. You good mate? And better. Yusuf gasped for air as they made it into the elevator, the pain in his shoulder becoming the ghost of one. Nor kept pressing the glanful button over and over but the doors closed slowly. The fireman was approaching them. The door almost closed, the fireman was mere inches from the door, the door closed and... Metal melted at the fireman, swung the door open and did what Yusuf thought with a smirk. Naughty children, aren't we? You do need to chill, Nor threw her water ball at the man. As it was thrown, water came out and Yusuf could have sworn that he saw it turning into ice before hitting the man's face. The man growled in pain, putting a fiery hand where the ice hit it and let go of the door that swung shut and started going down. Yusuf's eyes were closing. What, what about that? Yura asked, his voice shaking. He absently pressed his hand against Yusuf's wound like hell and Yusuf noted that Yuto wasn't pressing his hand but multiple napkins. Alcohol, Yusuf explained, for the wound. A demon? Gina asked. What? Nadim looked at her. I don't think so, I... Guys? I... Is there a lever underground in the building? Nora asked, looking at the panel installed. No, Yusuf was withdrawn as he answered. Why? Because we're in the negative hundred underground. This isn't how I imagined I would die today, with a goat. I did want to commit suicide at some point, but no. The elevator started going down faster and faster. Yuzu yelled, Yank your bags handlers in the middle bar. They all did, and grabbed them. Yusuf looked around, finally letting fear take over him. A small whimper, barely audible to anyone, 
even himself escaped his throat. Eventually, everything turned colorful, as if they were passing through a rainbow. Then everything was exclusively pink. Yusuf blinked, both rainbow and pink appearing alternatively that Yusuf had to close his eyes again in the bright flashes of colors, and even though he did, he felt tears coming to his eyes. The elevator suddenly came to a halt. Yusuf groaned, opening his eyes. There was a moment of sheer silence. They all stopped screaming. Layla gulped and said, Everyone, are you? The ground vanished beneath them and they were left dangling from the rental bars. The screams returned as they looked below and saw a wide land of white. They all clung to their bags, their screams echoing in the land below them. There was a tearing sound as Muhammad's backpack gave away and was cut. Muhammad screamed as he fell, but Yasser managed to grab him. Hold on! Yasser yelled. Don't you think I'm fucking trying? Muhammad yelled back. The pain returned to Yusuf's shoulder and everything started getting darker for him and he couldn't resist any longer. The pain was so much to handle. Yusuf felt his grip on his back slacken and then he was free-falling. Yuto grabbed his hand but Yusuf's back strap couldn't handle their weight and was cut. Yusuf and Yuto fell and before Yusuf lagged out he saw the elevator finally disappearing and everyone was free-falling. <laughs>